Thank you for listening to this podcast from TheUnheardNerd.com. If you like what you hear, please consider liking, sharing, reviewing, and subscribing on iTunes, Stitcher, or your podcast feed of choice, and help us to keep creating and improving our content. Thank you. From two podcasters that have never been accused of sexual indiscretion, this is Jump the Shark, the pop culture podcast from the unheardnerd.com. My name is Will, and joining me, as always, is the lovely and beautiful John. How are you, John? I'm good. Thank you, Will. Thank you for that lovely intro. Lovely and beautiful, as always. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I was looking at your Skype profile. I was thinking, that's a handsome man. <laughs> now I'm not coming on to you. That's not a sexual indiscretion. Um, <laughs> that's just that's just a compliment between two guys. <laughs> where's, my Twitter, where's my Twitter account? Hashtag me too. <laughs> oh no, oh no. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, uh, sad times, sad times. Um, I, I don't know. Are, are you a fan of Chris Hardwick at all, John? Uh, I'm not really familiar with the man. Okay. So uh, for anyone that isn't familiar with him, and he's kind of a podcasting legend. He, he's a very early adopter of the podcasting format. Um, he's a former uh, MTV presenter. Uh, he worked on, I can't remember what the channel was, but it's, it's like G4 or something in the US, the gaming network. Oh, I remember that, yeah. So he was a presenter on there. He's been in, I think, one of the Terminator movies. I, I want to say Salvation. I think he was in that okay. as an actor. <laughs> But um, generally, he's known as a podcaster, and he started Nerdist.com. I don't know if you know Nerdist. I've heard of Nerdist, yeah. So he started that a long time ago, and then a while ago, he sold it to Legendary Entertainment. And um, he was kept on as a consultant for Legendary, as a digital, uh, I don't know, entrepreneur or something. I don't know. He helped them set up their digital presence. And then he was no longer part of Nerdist and he took his podcast, hugely popular Nerdist podcast, and he changed it to ID10T, or Idiot. Um, <laughs> he rebranded it and took it away from Nerdist. So he's not really anything to do with Nerdist anymore. But uh-huh. uh, there's been a recent story of, of his former girlfriend. He's now married to um, Lydia Hurst, one of the heiress, an heiress to the Hurst fortune in America, um, whom I know very little about. Um, but uh, I think it's publishing. They were in publishing. Um, but you know, she's the heir, heiress to that fortune. Um, uh-huh. He's married, doing very well for himself. He does shows on um, AMC. He does the Talking Dead after the Walking Dead. Yeah, the oh, Talking yeah. Show about that. Um, he has a few other shows, Midnight, and he does a game show and stuff like that. Um, but a former Nerdist employee and his ex girlfriend came out and and uh, accused him of sexual indiscretions and abuse and all sorts. And shit hit the fan for him. Oh. And uh, and then a backlash for her, inevitably. And um, it's all pretty sad. All pretty sad. But the upshot of this is I reported on it, on the Unheard Nerd, because I thought it was relevant to our readership. And we mm-hmm. lost one Facebook follower. I did see that conversation. <laughs> Which is a shame, because um, uh, the guy that we lost has, has been pretty su- supportive of what we've been doing. And you know, yeah, liking he- a lot. And... Um, and so shame, shame that one or two articles, as it turned out, was enough to put someone off um, the rest of our content. But, um, yeah, so be it. So be it. We, we gained another couple since then. So I'm, I'm all right with that. Yes. I'm all right with that. John, it's been a while since we spoke. It seems like um, that was quite a serious start to the show. That was weird. Um, it, it, it seems like ages since we spoke. And uh, that's really all my fault, I think. 
on their cab. Swanning off to New York. Going on holiday, yeah, going yeah. to New York, which was, which was fantastic. I've probably mentioned it a few times. Um, I hope I don't bore you with it. And um, and also, uh, in rather sad news, my dad had a heart attack and I've not been able to um, to find the time to, to update the website and podcast either. Uh, but he's all right now. He's at home and, hey. uh, and uh, he's still alive, which is good news. Good news, good news. Mostly. Um, so, <laughs> so yeah, sorry about that. It seems like ages and, and I'm going to try and sneak this podcast into the end of June. Uh, so that we're keeping with our one a month. But it is a really good possibility because the football's on tomorrow, England versus Belgium in the World Cup, that it's not going to see the light of day until early July. Because I'm, <laughs> I'm doing something this weekend that I absolutely detest, John. I'm going camping. Yeah. Oh. I hate camping. <laughs> I, 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 dis, I despise camping. I haven't enjoyed camping ever. Um, I've camped really only at festivals, mostly, apart from when yeah. I was a scout or cub or whatever they are uh, and i do not like it i work in the hospitality industry i work in hotels i get cheap hotels all around the world i like a shower and, um, <laughs> i'm not keen on the whole whole backache thing either no so i'm um, not looking forward to this weekend but it's my youngest daughter's school like they have all the families get together and do this camping trip once a year all right uh-huh. and last year we just sent her off with another family it's like yeah go, go, <laughs> go with them it's fine and uh, this year we couldn't get out of it. We we've had to go as well. Oh, no. Camping, which is, which is shit compared to New York. Because I went to New York. Hooray! <laughs> did you? I did. <laughs> Do you know what I discovered, John? What's Going that? to New York, everything feels really familiar because you see it on TV so much. <laughs> it's true. I, I'm walking around. I'm going. Oh, I recognise that. Oh, that looks familiar. Like nothing feels like strange it doesn't feel like another country because we literally see new york on tv all the time you watch brooklyn walking around, Nine. Your, walking around with your arm outstretched pointing game look at that i've seen it look at that it's that look at that from that <laughs> and maybe a finger extended at trump tower as well along the way or oh, political let's not go there <laughs> the yes. disgust i couldn't walk on the same side of the road I good for you on the other side of that road I mean, we were already on the other side of the road, but uh, yeah. <laughs> but yes, John, I did well in New York, and you've already cursed at me before the show started recording. <laughs> I did actually fulfil something of a dream, something of a bucket list item. I did manage to go to the Ghostbusters fire station. Brooklyn Ladder 38, isn't it? Uh, just eight. Just, oh, eight. just eight. Yeah, yeah. Unless I went to the wrong one. That would be a bit unfortunate. <laughs> I think the graffiti on the pavement was a bit of a giveaway. Yeah, that could have been a ruse just to divert you in the wrong, like, to the wrong place. <laughs> no, there were other Ghostbusters fans there. Uh, we went quite early in the day. I mean, say early, you know, 10, 10 11. Um, so it wasn't too busy. The, the roads were actually quite quiet as well. Uh, yeah. But I was a little bit disappointed that um, it's not actually a working firehouse anymore. It's oh, It's closed. Uh, I was under the impression that it was still an active um, fire station. And having watched some of the YouTube videos of people going to pay homage to it and, and making yeah. a pilgrimage, I have seen yeah videos of the, the firehouse in operation and firemen posing with people. But when we got there, it was it was well and truly closed. And uh, oh. they had a, a sort of barrier across the front of it, uh, which was which was a little bit disappointing. But still, yeah, got, got some good photos. Uh, some other Ghostbusters fans, also from England, uh, were there and um, took a photo of me and my whole family outside of it. And hey. 
Yeah, and they've got a rather badly drawn Ghostbusters sign on the on the pavement outside. <laughs> yeah, I noticed that. <laughs> it's really not very good, is it? <laughs> not at all. <laughs> <laughs> but it serves a purpose. Uh, yeah, so that was fun. And uh, you can also see the, the mansion house from Ghostbusters at the edge of Central Park. Oh, uh, yeah. As well. So another Ghostbusters spot there. Uh, there's so many things you could see in, in New York. You know, you could do the Friends thing, go to the fountain that they was in the introduction, and oh, and, yeah. and see you know the coffee shop and see the where the apartment is and and any number of things. But the Ghostbusters house was the firehouse was really the only thing I wanted to do, and that was my birthday treat. I was like, there's only one thing I want to do. It's my birthday. There's only one thing I want to do. I want to go. Yeah. I want to go there. And it was only a few blocks really from where we were staying, so it's quite convenient. Oh, that's cool. Hmm. So yeah, there we go. So what what we what we did while we were there, and I, I promise I won't go on about New York all the time. <laughs> but it was quite a fun thing to do, is go to places in New York, and then in the evening, because you know we've got young kids and you can't be out too late, we'd go back to the apartment and watch a film of where we'd just been. <laughs> <laughs> so we watched Ghostbusters that evening and the kids could uh-huh. see the firehouse and understand what we were talking about. <laughs> and then we went to the uh, American Museum of Natural History. And so we watched a night at the museum uh, All right, that, yeah. that evening. And again, a lot of the things we'd seen and things we'd taken photos with were in that film. And it just made it a really fun sort of learning experience for the kids as well, like, to have that pop culture reference as well as actually seeing you know the things in real life so awesome. that's really fun yeah and i tried to think of all the films that have new york in that i enjoy and there's loads <laughs> <laughs> if you think about it, like spider-man films yeah they're, they're all in new york you know the ghostbusters films uh, night at the museum um escape from new york that's <laughs> 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 obvious one but there are literally dozens and dozens you think all oh, the avengers film set in new york uh the first one yeah. uh, loads and loads of, of uh you know new york movies that you can watch kind of kind of crazy and then the uh the trailer came out for the animated spider-man film with miles morales in right. and have you seen that that animated no, no, I'm not, not really into animated Spider-Man, but yeah, go on. It looks really good. The animation is really cool. It's like it's like an actual comic book brought to life. It's All right. so well done. And it is obviously set in New York because that's where Spider-Man is set. You know, he's, he's a New yeah. Yorker. Uh, and, and, you know, even just the, the animation, it, it looks, you know, the same. Uh, it's the same. It's, you know, you're seeing things that you see every day in new york so uh, it was quite nice to come back to as well it made me really excited for that so yeah there you go lots of uh, yellow cabs with solo adverts on and um i haven't seen that yet so should, okay. we, should we do what we've watched since the last time we spoke <laughs> and i can just weep silently while you um talk about solo Is that... <laughs> well, i can't i can't see any spoilers now <laughs> um, i mean i kind of have heard some spoilers so i'm pretty sure <laughs> Spoiler alert. Ah! Will is about to ah! spoil some shit. Ah! Darth Maul's in it. Uh, that's the biggest spoiler of the lot, but yeah. <laughs> oh, shh, don't tell anyone. <laughs> okay, I'll do a spoiler alert before, or maybe I'll forget. But, you know, either way, spoilers. Um, no, I, I, mean, I did have that spoiled by Reddit before I even saw the film, so I knew that was coming. Yeah, when you suddenly see lots of pictures of Darth Maul popping up on your Facebook feed and uh, <laughs> and headlines that say that 
a completely unexpected cameo or the big cameo it's like it's not hard to put two and two together um and i have i've really wanted to go and go and watch it but it just isn't it's just not working out yeah kids have parties to go to and social lives and yeah do you think it's suitable for kids it's a pg Uh, um yeah don't see why not it's just you know it's, it's it's star wars it's got like a you know a sort of a a safe level of action there's nothing violent or scary well my girls have seen all the star wars films except rogue one and we thought rogue one was just a little bit more adult um and they've they've shown no interest in watching it either i don't think it appeals in the same way as the other star wars films do Uh we had considered taking them to see solo but uh, again haven't got around to it because there's just been loads of other shit going on but uh, how do you rate it? How does it fit into the um, Star Wars saga? Where's it? Where's it placed in the films? Uh, well, it's set before A New Hope. Mm. Although, unlike Rogue One, there's nothing trying to, you know, directly link one, you know, the beginning of what end of one to the beginning of another. Yeah. Um, to be honest, it's a story I don't think we really needed. But on the other hand, it is a very entertaining adventure. Uh, thoroughly enjoyed it from start to end. It looks My like bit. a lot of fun. It looks like there's a lot of sort of comedy to it. Yeah, there's a lot, there's a, there's a lot of funny moments, especially, um, I can't remember, the uh, the main droid in it, who's played by a British actress. It's L33T. That's, that's it, yeah, Leet. Leet, <laughs> yeah. She's, um, yeah, she's very funny. Uh, but I mean, with, with the, the two big problems I had going into it were all the, the, the production stories and rumours. Obviously, uh, the two directors who originally almost finished it were fired um and ron howard took over and the other big rumor that uh, concerned me was the fact that um was his name is it eldritch yeah eldritch yeah. eldritch the fact he needed he needed coaching lessons on set and it's like oh christ this doesn't sound very good does it <laughs> and um you know, it's all being rushed. It's all these like all these problems were happening. They go, oh, it's still coming out in May, which is like just after December from the Last Jedi. It's like, don't don't you worry that people will be a bit sick of Star Wars. You know, it's only a few months. Why don't you just release it at Christmas? December, give yourself yeah. all that. Give yourself all that extra time to iron out the problems and tweak it and fix it. But no, Lucasfilm were like, no, it's coming out in May. Sod it. Um, mm. Yeah, like, uh, both me and the missus come out thoroughly entertained. It's it's a really good film. Cool. I'm ever so jealous that you've you've. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, yeah, I I think I mean I like the idea of the May release. Sorry, I've got a squeaky chair. You can probably hear that. Um, I I like the idea of the May release because it ties in with the anniversary of of the original Star Wars release. Yeah, May twenty six or whatever it was, nineteen seventy seven. And so I I get that. I get why they want to do that. And I think that was always the intention that they would have the summer film. Um, and the, the, the Rogue One I think was supposed to come out in May I think that that's the idea they have the summer film that ties in with the anniversary and then yeah, yeah. The, the saga is the December or whatever but I agree it does seem like a rush after you know, The Last Jedi to then bring out Solo so quickly it's almost like they didn't they weren't able to hype it enough the, not, the, the marketing felt very late yeah there wasn't there wasn't a lot of marketing to it it, it felt or you know certainly not to the extent that you see for the for the main saga films no and i, mean, I, and I, I can understand that... i understand they didn't want to confuse people and people are like oh hang on a minute how many films are coming out what is the with jedi and so what solo what i don't get it so i understand why they wanted to keep them specifically apart but the problem was 
the, the release dates were so close together. By the time the, the marketing started for Solo, it's just like, oh, I think you're leaving a bit late, guys. Yeah. I mean, the, the first trailer was, uh, was it February for the Super Bowl, wasn't it? I think it was the first trailer we saw. I think so, yeah. And that's yeah. when everyone started clawing it apart, going, oh, hang on a minute, what's this look like? Mm. <laughs> as the well, internet does. So how convincing is the actor as Han Solo? I just Did... completely went with the flow. I just, I just completely forgot, you know, it wasn't Harrison Ford. It didn't, really, it didn't bother me at all. I liked his performance so much. Yeah. I just wasn't really fussed that, it, you know, they didn't, you know, it wasn't a CGI young Harrison Ford or something. It's like, okay, he's playing Han Solo, I can deal with that. That would have driven, <laughs> driven me insane. A whole <laughs> film of a CGI character would, would just, I'd, I'd probably combust in the cinema. Uh, yeah, my popcorn would be popped twice because <laughs> it'd be frizzled human underneath it. I, I couldn't stand that. God. Well, no, the only, the only CGI main characters in this are, are elite and probably uh, aliens here and there. Yeah, I can live and, with uh, that. You know, characters that aren't human don't yeah. bother me. I, I can go with that. I can. It doesn't bother me at all. It's just the human characters that <laughs> really bugs me. I might have mentioned it a few times. <laughs> you might have done. Uh, for all those Ron Howard fans out there, you'd be happy to know that his brother does make an appearance. Clint yes! <laughs> that was the only thing holding me back. That's, that's a bigger spoiler than Darth Maul, though, to be fair. Oh, is it? Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Yes, I mean he's in all of his films. Of course, he was going to be in it. There's just there's just no way he wasn't going to be in it. But uh, yeah. I'm glad to hear he is still in work, still able to feed his family. That's <laughs> that's good news. Good news, good news for the Howards. <laughs> okay, well, um, okay, well, I will get around to watching Solo at some point. It's get, it's getting a bit hard to find in cinemas at the moment. It's yeah. on, I think, like a midday screening in our local or near right. cinema now. Yeah, a weekend so. It's possible I'll still catch it, but I won't be able to catch it this weekend because, again, I'm going fucking camping. <laughs> so uh, hopefully I'll catch that the, the week after. Um, I don't, there's not a lot out of the cinema at the moment that's inspiring me to go and see it, to be honest. I, don't, I, don't, I think you know, the next film that I might venture to see at the cinema will be Ant-Man and the Wasp. Oh, which, yeah, yeah. Which obviously is out in the US, I think, already, possibly. But um, won't be out. I know, in the, the, UK. I know the first reviews have come in, and they've been very positive. Okay, well, I'm pleased to hear that. I, I rewatched the first Ant Man film uh, just a few weeks ago. <clears throat> just, mm-hmm. I, I wasn't a fan of it. I didn't like it. I didn't really enjoy it the first few times I watched it. Uh, it felt like a TV movie in some respects, very low budget <laughs> compared to some of the other films in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yeah, and it just yeah, it just felt a bit cheap. But I watched it again, and actually, I enjoyed it a lot more this this time. Um, on the other hand, I've watched the Last Jedi again and fell asleep again. So, oh dear, I, I, I just can't get on with that film at all. I, I don't enjoy it in in any aspect. But yeah, never mind. But anyway, John, I don't know if I told you, but recently I went to New York. <laughs> and uh, did you? That that involves fairly long flights there and back. Um, BA flights, you know, nice, a little bit more pricey, but worth it because you get good entertainment and good films. Oh, yeah. um, so I was able to watch a few films on on the way there, uh, two films on the way there, and one on the way back. Right. And um, I finally got round to watching Black Panther. Hooray! Yeah, have you seen it yet? I have seen it. Yes. Ah, oh, I'm glad because last time you know, we, <laughs> I'd seen yeah you know, Avengers um, in, in Infinity War. And I hadn't seen Black Panther. And I, that you asked me the question, like, do you need to have seen the Black Panther yeah. for it to make sense? And I said no. 
uh, which which is I think you know stands up, but um, it certainly helps if you have in some oh, respects. Right, okay. I, I don't know if you agree. I don't, I've not I've not seen Infinity War yet. Have you not? Oh, Christ. no. Okay, all right. Darth Maul's in it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> spoilers. <laughs> Uh, but Black Panther's amazing. Like really, really, uh, like probably one of the best Marvel Cinematic Universe films, in my opinion. Um, in the fact that it's refreshing and it's different and it's not like standard superhero stuff. It's mm. it's, it's like you've got this whole tribal element and and this like battle for power and this uh, abandonment uh, story and the fact that the past isn't as glorious as, as you think it is and you've got this whole otherworldly element to it i really really enjoyed it and i think the cast were fantastic the acting mm. was supreme um i really enjoyed everything about it and i was tempted to watch it a second time on the flight back yeah but i, I chose to use my time to watch something else which i kind of regret i'll come on to that in a minute <laughs> damon um Oh god, I think that's one you've watched. Yeah, yeah, you know what I've watched. I thought it was a comedy. It's not. It's not even funny. In it's not at all, is it? <laughs> anyway, so but yeah, Black but, Panther. What did you think? Did you enjoy it? I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, I mean, I wasn't really making an effort to watch the trailers because I don't know the character. Right. Yeah. It's it's, it's not to me. It's not a big Marvel. Ca- I mean, probably is a big Marvel character in that respect. But to me, I'm like, who is Black Panther? He's a guy who's in black and meow. Um, obviously, <laughs> just like that. obviously, obviously, we've seen him in um, uh, was it Civil War? Civil, Civil War, War first showed up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so watch the film. What they what to expect? And yeah, me again. Me and the missus we both loved it. It was a brilliant film. Yeah, I definitely need to buy it on Blu-ray. Um, I, I generally buy all the Marvel films, whether I like them or not. Yeah, you know, mm. that's the reason I own Doctor Strange. Uh, but, um, <laughs> that's not a good film. I don't, I don't enjoy that film. Mm. it's the accent I find it I find it quite hard to get past the accent the accent is abysmal I, <laughs> on behalf of all Englishmen I apologise America I mean <laughs> you guys have got a lot to answer for at the moment but there's no excuse for that accent it's 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 it's, a, it's despicable if an Englishman can spot it's fake then Americans <laughs> must be insulted but who knows I don't know maybe there's a dialect in, in America where it's um <laughs> it, it works i don't know yeah but uh yeah yeah I, the only thing i didn't really like about black panther was the the obvious product placement especially the lexus chase scene all right yeah just a bit over the top just a, <laughs> a little bit unnecessary but it's always annoying when it's it's done so much you notice it yeah and martin freeman's american accent needs a bit of work as well it's <laughs> yeah, not so good either uh, but Andy Serkis is, is brilliant in it. Oh, he's brilliant! Yeah, I love his character. And um, the girl that plays Suri, she was in Humans, which is sort of a, I think it's an H, is it HBO or AMC slash Channel One Four the, show? Yeah. Um, so sort of a, a cross Atlantic joint project, and um, she was in that. She was fantastic in that. So I'm not surprised that she's gone on to be like, quite a star, and she really stood out in that film. And I can see that there's some talk of there being um, a film based on just the women of the Black Panther movie, yeah. um, one of them being her, and how it would be a great sort of spy espionage film. She's yeah. got like, the tech head, you've got um, the warrior, and you've got uh, the spy. Uh, those three mm-hmm. characters make a perfect team, so, you know, like a Charlie's Angels stuff without Charlie probably um, yeah. so that, <laughs> I don't know, I'm, I'm adding in that that might, might not be accurate 
but uh, yeah, there's some talk of that. So I, I don't know if that's that's that likely to happen, but um, it, it might be might be good. But um, she's she's a fantastic actor. Chadwick Boseman was was amazing as well. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Really good. Um, I followed that on the plane out. Rather, yeah. unfortunately, my choice of movies went downhill as I went. Right. Um, I, I decided I needed to catch up with Justice League. Oh, okay. Mm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the silence is deafening. <laughs> That's just not a good film, is it? <laughs> um, no, just... big, big, bad, evil guy wants some boxes and they try and stop him getting the boxes. They do the end. <laughs> There were some elements of it that are okay. Aquaman is good. Aquaman's a great, like, very charismatic as a, as the character. Yeah. Um, I still I still like Ben Affleck as Batman. I like yeah yeah he's a good Batman. It's the the, the I think it's the script and the stories are and, and just the way it's cut. It's just not good. And there was somebody who did like a, an expose or, or um, not an expose a dissection of the oh, yeah. difference between Marvel and DC action scenes. And oh, it actually right. goes a long way to explain why the DC films were a bit shit. <laughs> With the Marvel films, uh, you have you, know, you have these massive action moments. Yeah. And but they're cut with like really witty, clever one-liners and and bits of dialogue or slapstick moments that that sort of relieve the tension and then draw you back in. And and they mm. made the characters more relatable, uh, whereas DC, it's all very cheesy and and serious, and it's not funny. It's not, and and um, I I, mean, I can't I can't remember for the life of me what it's called, but it, it's it's like something <laughs> like why the why the action scenes in DC movies suck. That's essentially what the video is about, and that's yeah. pretty much what it's called. Um, so have a look for that and, and it does actually go a really long way to explain and it sort of shows a difference side by side between Marvel and and DC and how the Marvel films are so much more engaging for just the way they're written and the way that they break from the action and just, just like break that, that tension and take you out of it for a second and then slam you back in and it's so much more engaging the characters are so much more like human or, or relatable than the characters in the in the DC films where they're just so serious. I'm a, I'm a fucking superhero and that's all I am. I'm a superhero. I'm not a real person. It's, it's, yeah, I think it's quite a clever and quite an insightful look at the differences between the two films, but yeah, not a good film. Uh, really didn't like much about it, to be honest. Um, hoping CGI overload at the end was just terrible. It's, yeah, the whole there's thing. Some, there's, just... there's some really bad shots in the, in the big battle at the end of that film. And, you know, the, the moustache cover-up is just unforgivable. Oh, it's... Jesus. I forgot. Thanks, I'd forgotten about that. It's... And it's the, first, it's the first bloody scene of the film as well, it isn't it? really, really sets you up on a bad, in a bad <laughs> way for the whole movie, doesn't it? It's like this, for those, this is... for those of you who haven't, haven't seen it, the opening scene of Justice League is mobile phone footage of Superman and the first thing that enters your head is, is, oh my God, what's wrong with his top lip? <laughs> <laughs> is he being in a car crash? <laughs> it's, not, it's, not, it's not even slightly good. Um, it's fucking awful. Shame, shame, shame. But uh, yeah, so that, that happened. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I, I only watched two films on the way out and then I watched a bit of The Toys That, make, uh, that Made Us. 
Um, oh yeah. Second season. I, I got confused. I thought it was the second part of the first season, but it's actually the second season. Um, four episodes long. Okay. Um, so I've watched most of those as well. Have you Have you watched any of them? Uh, I think we've watched all four. Yeah. Okay. Oh, even the Hello Kitty one. Yes, actually, we decided to watch that one because we know nothing about Hello Kitty. So huh, we thought we'd watch it and find out what the hell is that cat all about. Not a cat, apparently. Uh, uh, eh? Not a cat. That's the whole the show. Know. It tells you that. It says it's not. Does a cat. I've forgotten it already. <laughs> there you go. I haven't watched the whole thing, to be fair, but I did mislead everyone on the last show. I said that Hello Kitty was region specific. Wherever you live, that's where Hello Kitty's from. But actually, that was bullshit. Oh, Hello Kitty yeah. is from London. Yeah, she lives in London. London. I thought because I'm in London and it said London, mm. region specific, I couldn't fathom that Hello Kitty was from London. Clearly because Hello Kitty's not from London. <laughs> but anyway, uh, people in London don't have houses like that. We don't have gardens that big. <laughs> we don't, we don't no. live in a fucking <laughs> countryside, lovely you know, place. It's a city. But anyway, maybe they'd never seen London. Maybe. It's poss- possible. Yeah. But uh, yeah, the only thing is that it has become rather formulaic. Um, The show, uh, it's good. It's it's still interesting. It starts off with an amusing recreation, doesn't it? It does, and it and it. But it is a little bit like, you know, here's here's a bit about Star Trek. But we're going to keep going back to that Star Wars one we did, and (laughs) and, but. But this is Star Trek. But no, we did a Star Trek, Star Wars one as well. Have you seen that one? And it's a little bit like that. <laughs> that like through all of the episodes, they sort of cut away to here's something we did before, and it feels a little bit formulaic and a little bit like I don't know, not f- it's not so fresh. Like they haven't really introduced anything new in this second season. And is it, is it just me? They always, they always seem to find people that don't agree on stuff as well and make an issue of that just because two people remember things differently. I mean, it is, of course, a low-budget show, and and they're doing they've done really well to get a second season out of it. To be yeah. fair, but yeah, and it's like the same people kind of crop up through all of them. Whereas in the first one, it was like, right, we're going to focus on just people from this toy. The second episode is like just people from this toy. There wasn't a lot of crossover with the the talking heads, and in this second season, there's a quite a bit of crossover with with some of the talking heads. Um, mm. I think. Uh, if I remember correctly, maybe not. <laughs> maybe not. Um, yeah. So the toys are made. So definitely worth a watch, but uh, not as engaging as the first season. I felt. Yeah. Um, so the the film I watched on the way back, the, the Matt mm-hmm. Damon film, Matt Damon was downsizing. Yeah. Oh, that wasn't good. That was not a good <laughs> film. I thought it was a comedy. I don't know why. I just assumed the shrinking well, that's, man. That's the, yeah, so that's the kind of the impression the trailers gave it uh, several times. It does. It's actually a very bleak uh, tale of morality and and you know, sort of a reflection on society and and how <laughs> some people really struggle. You know, the the, the and then the one percent really excel and and mm. then you're facing the possible end of the world. Um, wow. <laughs> Not at all what I was expecting. I, I was no. you know, I was fighting a little. I, I was fighting against jet lag on the way back. I didn't want to be jet lagged. I didn't want to fall asleep. I wanted something light to watch. So I thought oh, I, I'll watch downsizing. <laughs> but being me, once I start watching something, I can't stop watching it. I have to watch it to its conclusion. So I did. <laughs> um, 
I don't know, it's just, just not the film I was expecting. Just, I mean, just, but yeah, the basic great. premise is you know, they develop a way to shrink humans to... I don't know what, what the scale was, but... Uh, much more. Five, inch, five inches tall, I think, or about, about five inches tall, yeah. And the idea being that you know, your wealth... You, know, you could be a, just a, a modest, just-getting-by person, you know, managing to pay the bills person, but if you shrink mm. yourself, your mm. wealth... You know, uh, the ratio made you extremely rich and you could live a plush sort of very very comfortable life as a mm. shrunken person and they have these big cities and towns and and domes that they live in and and they just live normal life but just much much smaller and much better off and the idea is that he and his wife are struggling to get by as as full-size people so they decide that they will shrink themselves where they can live a comfortable life as, as small people. Yeah. Except she bottles it at the last minute <laughs> and leaves him shrunk and and not knowing what to do with himself. And, and you know, obviously his wealth, it's complicated because the, the wealth obviously isn't all his. He has to divide it between his wife and him, which leaves him with not enough money to live comfortably as a small person. So he has to get a job and he's working a shitty job in a call centre and then he finds his finding because he's, he's kind of like um, an occupational therapist, isn't he? Yeah. Like working on muscle strain, like uh, repetitive strain injuries, that that kind of thing in the workplace. And he finds a use for that, helping people that are shrunk, but working as cleaners for other people and living in poverty actually outside of the dome and, and in, in like horrible situations where they don't have medicine, they don't have enough food, they don't have... You know, clean water supply and and just living in squalor and essentially it's the same dynamic as the big world but you know in this shrunken world where everybody's supposed to be much better off and so it turns into this real tale of morality and and like a, a search to discover himself essentially and um yeah like i say it's pretty bleak <laughs> not, not necessarily the worst film in the world but just not no great. it's not yeah it's, yeah, it's not a bad film. It's just, yeah, just I think I think the advertising was a bit misleading. It really did give the wrong impression completely. And, yeah, uh, I mean, not the first time a Matt Damon film has been like weirdly presented. You know, the The Martian was put forward for a comedy award at the Golden Globes, and and what? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like as bizarre. Uh, know, maybe Matt Damon's wondering like what's going on with my career why <laughs> just, just like everything i try and do somebody misconstrues and and, and misrepresents it matt damon <laughs> but uh anyway yeah downsizing um so that's that's mm. pretty much other than the hundred which i won't bother going into again because i've done that a few times and humans um that's about all i've watched recently to be honest other than the world cup football I, I, like, I, I like kickball <laughs> soccer he's done a head kick into the goal mouth <laughs> that's for our American listeners um, so have you watched anything else John? oh lots too much for this podcast uh... <laughs> pick the best what's the best let's, you've oh uh, let's, let's start at the right at the very bottom I watched a Sylvester Slow film called Driven I'm, um, I'm intrigued uh, I'm sucked in tell me more to, to be honest, it's not much to say. Um, does it have cars in it? It does. Apparently, <laughs> Stallone's always wanted, always wanted to make a Formula One film. Oh, but God, the, I've seen that. But the Formula One people went, no, nah, we're not interested. So the 
uh, American IndyCar Association went, Stone, come to us. We'll, we'll make a racing movie with you. Um, and they basically gave him all access to whatever he wanted to make the film. Uh, what's the film about? The, uh, the film's about two young drivers who battle it out. They want to be the best drivers. And there's a girl involved. Um, Let me stop you there, John. I can help yeah. you out here. It's, <laughs> yeah. It's Rocky with race cars. Um, <laughs> possibly. I can't remember Rocky 3. I was only watched it the once. You've got a trainer. You've got two young, yeah. up and coming drivers who mm-hmm. have to battle it out for the title. <laughs> and there's a girl involved. And, yeah, <laughs> and you know it comes to blows in the streets because correct me if I'm wrong. There's a little bit of driving indie cars on the streets. <laughs> there is, yes. <laughs> the only thing it's missing is that they didn't drive those cars up the steps at Philadelphia at the end. They did, um, that'd be quite hard. <laughs> yeah, but, um, it's, a, it's a bit rocky because it's rocky. I mean, the, the film is fucking awful anyway. The plots, the plots basically non-existent. The characters are non-existent. You, you. you don't know hardly anything about them so you don't really care for them no. um it was directed by uh reddy harlin who did um uh die hard 2 and cutthroat island um or he might have done cliffhanger as well i can't fit him or not but anyway it's obviously been so they've obviously taken the cameras to all the big race day events for indycar and filmed your typical kind of promo footage you know people working on the cars hmm. girls in in tight clothes walking around with glass sunglasses on people watching races and so the film just feels like a one long promotional video for indycar with hmm. these little scenes dropped in every so often that make up, <laughs> that make up the plot and it's just rubbish <laughs> it's just complete it's a rubbish <laughs> yeah and i paid for it <laughs> Well, what? I, I, found, I know. I found it in a charity shop for one pound, and I picked it up and I went. Actually, I remember seeing a trailer for that years ago, and the bit I remember <laughs> specifically was the Indy cars racing through the streets. Yeah, I thought, yeah, it's a pound. I'll give that a watch. Yeah, that was a waste. Of, uh. yeah, the only good thing about that, the only good thing about that film is that the charity got a pound. Exactly. <laughs> I was going to say it's not a waste of money because the charity made money from no, it. I mean, and the best thing you can do is just take that back to that charity and say, sell it again. <laughs> So I think make, I might do that. It's at home in a drawer. I think I might give it back to another charity shop. Look, it's like, still, oh, you can still, have that. It's fine. Still got the price on it. You don't have to change it. It's just to say <laughs> it again. I mean, it's listed on the, the bonus features, which is something I love watching about films. Mm. Seemed fairly extensive on the back, and there's like a uh, well, there's a making of. I didn't bother watching. There's a, a thing about the special effects I thought might be interesting, but they spend the whole time dissecting a scene that isn't even in the finished film. <laughs> Perfect. So thanks, thanks for going into all the details about something we didn't get to see. Uh, and unbelievably, there's 50-5-0 minutes of deleted scenes. Oh my God, that was the like, film. <laughs> That'd be almost. the storyline. Yeah, it's like no, I can't be asked. The film's that bad. I'm not going to watch another 50 minutes of stuff that was considered worse apparently to cut out. Oh my God. Oh dear. I mean, actually, you, t- you mentioned in the bonus material, did, that actually reminds me, I, we did watch another film, like just oh. last night, actually. <laughs> so poor is my memory that I, I can't remember yesterday. That's fair um, enough. But it's, it's, it's not your usual fare for, for this podcast. It's not a nerdy film at all. Um, but uh-huh. I watched I, Tonya, which is the uh, Tonya right? Harding story, the, the figure skater. Oh, right. Yes, yes. Who nobbled her opponent or allegedly had someone nobble her opponent like by breaking her leg with a baton ahead of the <laughs> Olympics. It's quite uh, it's quite dark. 
Um, is that the um, is that uh, the girl from the Big Bang Theory? No, it's um, it's oh, Harley awesome. Quinn from Suicide Squad. It's um, oh okay. Oh god, her name escapes me for the minute. I, I know who you mean. You know who I mean, and yeah. um, it, it will come to me. I mean, she's actually she's fantastic in it. It's it's a really good role for her. Um, but uh, I mean, I'm not going to go into too much depth. But it's a story behind you know, the events that happened that that saw Tonya Harding's opponent uh, again, whose name escapes me right at the minute. Um, I, I remember all this happening when it happened in the early nineties, and being you know quite interested in the story. Uh, but um, it's 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 quite it's a dark it's a black comedy. And some of the scenes are quite hard to take as scenes of domestic violence. And although they're done in a kind of tongue in cheek way and mm. um, they're treated quite well, some of it's quite hard to take, um, especially for anyone who has first hand experience of that kind of thing. Um, but what what made me think about it when you mentioned the bonus material is that we rented it on BT Movies. Yeah, um, but it doesn't come with any of the bonus material. I'd be really interested to see how they filmed the ice skating scenes <laughs> because clearly uh, the actress whose name I still can't remember didn't learn to to ice skate at Olympic standards. No, <laughs> for a film. Um, Margot Robbie, that's the actress. That's her. That's her. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, and Sebastian Stan was in it as well. Um, who's the Winter Soldier in, in the Marvel films? Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, again, unrecognizable, really. Um, as he's such a diverse character, you can see him in anything, but not recognise him from anything. It's <laughs> quite quite good. But uh, yeah, I'd love to see how they did that because there's clearly scenes where they they zoom down on the legs and then they zoom back and it's a wide angle shot and clearly that's someone else doing the the ice skating. But yeah. there's close up scenes of her of her face like, doing these pirouettes and and doing these jumps and 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 I'd, I'd be interested to see how they did that. So um, yeah, that's bonus material. Of which I don't usually watch. I usually don't ever watch anything extra on DVDs or Blu-rays. Um, yeah. I would be quite interested to see how they did the effects on that film. It'd be quite Intriguing. interesting. Yes. Sorry, um, I Tonya, um, sort of little diversion there. Uh, what? Uh, I mean, it's two super like comic book characters in it, I suppose, like actors that have been comic book <laughs> characters. That's kind of a tenuous link. Um, <laughs> so, what else? What else have you seen? What else is on your list? Uh, well, that's a uh, Bearing in I mind, was... I asked you to pick the best, and you came up with Driven. <laughs> I thought I'd start at the bottom and work up. <laughs> okay, good, good. This glad we clarified that. Uh, uh, what can you say about uh, Ready Player One? Apart from, I think you did you call it a nostalgia wank? Or did I just? Yeah, no, it was a nostalgia <laughs> wank fest. Yes, somebody in Canada picked me up and went, "I don't think you realise that that means something quite different here in Canada." <laughs> what do you think it means? And he was like masturbating i was like yeah <laughs> it's exactly what i mean <laughs> same thing <laughs> um, it's basically the cgi artist wanking all over the screen like, there you go. <laughs> let's put everything in there it, it's not a good film uh that's my catchphrase I, I found it, it quite entertaining but it's when you sort of think about it afterwards I, if it's not if it's not for the nostalgia there's, there's not really much else to it yeah, I mean, this is all. That's that's that was the only bit that kept me engaged with it in any way. Was that I I enjoyed spotting all the yeah the the, the nostalgia, the, the all the like the cars and the characters and the little nods to to things from my childhood. But as a story yeah. in itself, I just didn't think it worked. I didn't care about the characters, perhaps because a lot of the time they're CGI characters. 
Um, all right, considering the Oasis all the time. Yeah, I mean, I knew to expect that, obviously, having read the book. I, I yeah. wasn't expecting it to be, you know, a live-action film as such. I was expecting a lot of CGI, but it just didn't... I just didn't find it engaging at all. I didn't... I wasn't rooting for the characters. I wasn't engaged by the story. I felt that they treated it a bit haphazard. It, it felt rushed through and not anywhere near as clever as the book. I don't know. Um, Plus, it also occurred to me, what kind of audience is it aiming for? Because well, yeah, that's so much, so thing. much, so much of this nostalgia is kind of like like the book. It's eighties nostalgia. Yeah. So the younger audience is going to be like, uh, "Why is that amazing? That's some crappy old show I've never seen." Well, so it's like, maybe we're showing our age. I was as, as we are as middle aged fathers. Yeah, perhaps we're. Not, we're not in touch with the the target audience. Perhaps kids are into that stuff. Maybe yeah, 80s and 90s nostalgia is what interests them. You know, there's a resurgence in, in retro gaming. It has been for a long yeah. time. Perhaps yeah, kids are into that. I don't know. I mean, I don't have any kids of that, that age. Or I don't really know anyone of that age that, that it would be their main you know, demographic. I don't know, perhaps... But yeah, it does feel like it was made for for us forty-something-year-olds, but it's still aimed at a younger audience. I, I don't know. It just it I mean, was there, a was, bit there was some dumb. young. I think there was one or two younger characters I noticed. Uh, I can't remember the name of the game. Some some popular multiplayer game on PS4 and Xbox. I can't remember its name, but some of the characters from that I noticed were in the the big battle at the end. Okay. So they they do kind of. Yeah, I guess it span span the age a little bit. A little bit, yeah. But, I mean, I don't know how many teenagers are going to watch that film and, and recognise you know, the Mad Max car or the the, you know, the Akira bike or... I don't know. Are the, whole, they all... the Shining sequence. It's been, it's been lost on most people, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, to be honest, it was lost on me as well. I've not watched... I don't oh. think I've ever seen The Shining. Yeah, perhaps that's a that's my problem. Yeah, maybe that's something I should watch as a, as a classic piece of cinema. Um but I hadn't seen it, so it, it it was kind of lost on me. But still, that that was actually one of the more interesting parts of the film for me, bizarrely. <laughs> I, I kind of enjoyed that element of the film more than a lot of it. I mean, the the, the race, the car race at the beginning, it, it, I mean, it was literally just there to say, look, there's the A-Team van, look, there's the Mad Max car, look. There's the Batmobile. There's the Batmobile. There's King Kong. Like, look at how much stuff we can put on the screen at one time. I know it, it, that was kind of a bit of sort of in-your-face overload at that point. I felt so. It, I mean, that's, that's the beginning of the film as well, isn't it? It's just like look at all this nostalgia. Oh, yeah, like, oh. oh, we're not going to do it once. We're going to do it twice. <laughs> like, look, we've had one race, didn't work out. Let's have another race. Yay! Yes, we'll keep on showing it to you. See the character figure it out. Come on. Mm, yeah, I don't. Know. <laughs> I I didn't enjoy it so much. Still like the book. Not a big fan of the film. I have no desire to watch it again. Fair enough. <laughs> mm. Okay, what next? <laughs> well, let's, uh, let's give a mention to uh, Tremors, A Cold Day in Hell. Okay, inform me, what is this? This is the sixth film of the Tremors franchise. The sixth film. There's people six listening film. to that going, six. <laughs> yeah, six. I think... Most people might be aware there might have been a two, but not a six. Anyone that's ever watched ITV2 it, it, late at night, maybe even ITV3, 
has probably seen Tremors one, two, maybe yeah. even three, but six, <laughs> six, six, and is it any good? <laughs> no. I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say better than five. No, actually, it was. It was. It, it, I think I was. I was. I, was expe- I had such a low expectation of it. Uh-huh. I actually found it fairly, quite, fairly, quite. Yeah, it's all quite enjoyable. Okay. But you, you can tell the the budget is is getting severely reduced. <laughs> I mean, um, for those who don't know, Tremors, the original Tremors, did get a theatrical release. It's become kind of a, a cult classic, mm. and because of that. Everything that the number two onwards has been a, a straight to video slash DVD slash on demand thing as it goes through the years. Mm. And um, this is number six. And as as the title suggests, A Cold Day in Hell, this is set within the Arctic Circle. Right. Um, obviously. Obviously. It's got the, the main character, Bert Gummer, who's been in every single one since the beginning. Um, <laughs> and yeah, it's just the. The thing that I just the, I remember the most the fact that you you they are they're, <clears throat> the, the the creatures themselves if you don't know again are these giant sort of basically worms that move around underground and pop out of the earth and go hello I'll and eat you <laughs> uh, Ter- terrify <laughs> terrify yes uh, um, they they track you by vibrations in the ground that's right yes they they sense your vibrations so in most of the films people end up standing on rocks to try and avoid them mm. um, but. Yeah, what's, what strikes me most about this one is that the, the budget is seems to be getting so weak now that you, you barely even see the creatures this time. Oh dear. Uh, if, I'm, if I'm not mistaken, there's, there's definitely one, if not two deaths, that actually happen off screen. <laughs> so uh, the one that always, there's, there's one character who the, the director must have gone up to him and said, can you play this guy as annoying as possible, please? Because it's blatantly obvious you're going to die at some point. And he gets dragged into the ground by the worms to be eaten but all you see is like three quarter length of him on the floor you don't see his feet and he just get he just gets dragged off screen screaming so it's just oh it's like christ is, is it you know oh dear. filmed on an iphone <laughs> <laughs> filmed on an iphone with some rubber worms oh dear it's, wow. it's 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 not bad it's better than five but <laughs> I, I i can't i can't see them Carrying on. Speaking speaking of which, uh, I was quite disappointed to hear the Sci-Fi Tremors reboot TV series got cancelled, ah. which had um, Kevin Bacon in it to playing the. Uh, oh wow! Because he was in yeah, the first one, wasn't he? He was in the first one, so the, yeah, Kevin Bacon come back to play that character again, and it's the uh, the distance. This this series would be set the same amount of years it's been since the original film. So I think I think his name is Earl. So Earl goes back to this small town of perfection. Mm. You know, he, he was a big hero, but now he's a bit washed up. He's an alcoholic and does he adverts in the UK? Yes, <laughs> <laughs> selling mobile phones yeah. on UK oh, advertising. God. Yeah, um, <laughs> but yeah, he's, he's he's an alcoholic. He's a washed up hero, and he, he comes back to perfection. But also, it turns out, uh, I guess the creatures have come back. And Sci-Fi said, "No, nah, I don't think we'll carry on with this." Um, so there's a, there was a, a like a two three minute trailer that exists online. I'm just I'm keeping my fingers crossed as a Tremors fan that hopefully that pilot might get leaked online one day as well, so we can see, you know, what it is we've missed out on. Yeah, there's uh, something else been cancelled recently. It's um, not that I've ever seen a single episode, <laughs> but uh, it's it's Comic Book Men, 
Which oh, is I've heard about that. Yeah, yesterday. The Kevin Smith uh, TV show. He wasn't really in the show, but it's it's uh, some of the guys that have been in his films. Uh, I, and I, I, I'm familiar with them from a podcast called Tell Em Steve Dave, which I've been a fan of for a long time, but I haven't listened to uh-huh. for about a year. And uh, they they got picked up. I mean, mainly I stopped listening to their podcast because they kept talking about the bloody TV show, which I couldn't watch. <laughs> it's hugely frustrating to to always hear about something you can't see. Yeah. Um, but I'm sure I could find it somehow, but I've never actually felt that, that bothered to do it. But I think they had seven seasons or something, 96 episodes and it was basically, again, I don't know if you're familiar with it. There's a show called Porn Stars. Oh, I don't, uh, yes. The, yeah, um, yeah. As in the selling of goods to get money. Exactly. US, yeah, not porn as in <laughs> fucking on TV. Um, as in, um, you know, it's, it's one of these unscripted reality shows. And basically it would be people would bring stuff into the comic book shop, which was, was actually Kevin Smith's store in New Jersey, The Secret Stash. Um, the the guys that actually work there, it's Walt Flanagan is the manager. He's been Kevin's friend forever, and he plays, uh, I think five or six characters in Clerks. If you've ever seen that, <laughs> yeah. Um, and then uh, Brian Johnson, uh, again another long term friend, and I think Brian and Walter went to school together, and and then just like the the clerks from from the comic book shop, and uh, people would bring stuff in, like old old you know memorabilia or whatever and they'd look at it say how much it was worth and you know to say a bit about it and then they'd have guests on as well like they'd have stan lee on as a guest and he would talk about you know stuff that he's been involved with like oh, wow. mostly getting ripped off by his family or whatever financially <laughs> is going on with him these days and um and but yeah after 96 episodes it got cancelled by amc uh, they said it was no longer viable and of course, there's a full-length podcast with Kevin Smith, <laughs> about <laughs> two hours long, dissecting you know that whole thing about being cancelled. God, ninety-six. Yeah. So those guys are out of work now. I mean, they <laughs> I think I tried. Wa- I think shop. I tried watching the first episode, and it's just like this is boring. <laughs> yeah. Well, they said. That, I mean, that, that was it. The reviews of the first two or three episodes are so bad. They were like, "We're never going to get past like half a season, let alone a full season." <laughs> and then after a while, it sort of picked up, and they started having the guests on, and and it became more viewable, and, and people started getting into it. Um, so I guess they found their formula and they found their their format, and and it started to gel and make sense. But the first few episodes were just a bit. You know, they didn't really know what to do because none of them had been on TV before. They literally no. work in a comic shop and then they're being asked <laughs> to be, yeah, you know, TV stars. So that, it's quite a leap. But uh, yeah, so that 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 got cancelled. Um, I think John, having nearly spoken for an hour now, we should probably talk about something other than TV and film. Oh, okay. If that's okay. That's fine. And um, going back to film. I don't don't know if you saw, it's a film link. Um, One of the original Nike mags from Back to the Future 2, just the left one, is on sale in auction. And the interesting bid for that. Well, it's going to be it's going to be phenomenal. But yeah, the interesting thing about it is I might be I don't know if there's a starting price, to be honest, a guide price. But the interesting thing about it is it's actually rotting. (laughs) 
The, I think the, I've said this somewhere. Yeah, they're, they're falling apart basically. The, there's only the left one left. <laughs> and then, and I mean, the, I thought I thought some collector would be like, "I'm gonna be a bastard. I'm gonna split the pair up." <laughs> no, um, it is. It's a guy that used to work for Nike, and I guess in their sort of research and development department, um, there were several made several you know versions of the shoe made, or several. I know uh, pairs made of the mm. of the shoe, and he was able to keep one after the shooting of Back to the Future Two, which he has kept. Um, but he's kept it in a glass case. It's I don't think it's been sort of hermetically sealed or whatever the term is. Uh, yeah. And so um, it has it has decomposed. The rubber has literally started degrading and falling apart. Now he's kept most of the rubber, but it is just crumbs. <laughs> <laughs> so you do get pretty much a whole shoe. Just <laughs> not as a shoe. Not as a shoe. <laughs> you can you, you can tell what it is. You can tell like the shape of the shoe is there. That the upper yeah. is no longer attached to the sole, but it just sort of rests oh, on it. And, and he's put he's carefully placed all the dust around the <laughs> shoe to show look it's there. Oh. But yeah, the shoe's literally literally falling apart, literally degrading. If whoever buys it has to treat it. Um, with the same care as as a museum handler would, so you have to wear the gloves and you have to, yeah, it has to be collected. He's not paying for it to be delivered anywhere. It's literally like this thing is going to fall apart if it's not treated properly, and um, but it is likely to sell for huge, huge sums of money because it will do. Yeah, collectors are collectors. You know, I mean, collecting sneakers as as yeah, our American friends like to call them <laughs> is big business anyway add a pop culture element to it and and suddenly you know these things are worth a fortune so uh, yeah that that was an interesting story um similar story um auction han solo's blaster from return of the jedi sold for five hundred and fifty thousand dollars in auction that's that's crazy money that's five hundred thousand so no it's fifty (laughs) thousand fifty thousand dollars more than the the highest um expected uh, price for that so that's, uh, that's a lot of money and that uh, i think goes to charity as well which is which is a good thing but that was the u.s uh, art director for the film um kept one i think there were four made for the film oh, he, I kept see. One. Sneaky. he kept one after the film finished uh yeah production and yeah he's donated that and it's made a lot of money for charity which is nice lovely lovely yes um <laughs> What else has been going on, John? What else nerdy? Have you have you done anything lately? Uh, I decided to read. Uh, is it uh, Mortal Engines? Oh, okay. Yeah, that's there's a film of that coming or a TV series. Um, uh, it's a, a film, yes. Um, being produced by uh, Peter Jackson. Um, I can't remember the director's name, but it's someone who's been doing visual effects for Peter Jackson since uh, the Brain Dead days. Right. <laughs> so it's, dead. this is his first directorial uh, directorial uh, effort. Hmm. Um, yeah, there's there's four. They, they're young adult novels, and there's four of them. And it looks like the film's based on the first one, and it is set in a, um, a sort of a, a, a apocalyptic slash sort of steampunk type future, mm-hmm. where cities are no longer uh, sort of uh, dwellings on land. A city is now literally on wheels. For what Sounds, purpose? Um, to stay alive, rather than just sort of be in one place and just end up being nothing because you run out of resources. Mm. Entire cities can now travel around the globe, it seems, or on land at least, 
Mm. Uh, because all these different cities are all on wheels. Cities literally eat each other. Wow. Uh, you know, the, the bigger cities eat the smaller cities, and then what they what they capture, they break down into component parts and recycle it and use that to keep on living. Okay. And but so... there's also there's also elements of um, uh, what's it called? Uh, oh, the Anti Traction League, who are people who don't like any of this cities on wheels stuff, <laughs> and so they live they live in a protected valley uh, like everyone used to do. You know, they live in houses on land. Right. Um. But yeah, it's about um, uh, this guy, uh, Valentine, who's being played by Hugo Weaving in the film. Mm. Uh, and this young girl called Hester tries to tries to kill him. But oh. she fails in her attempt. Uh, the young boy who's sort of partly responsible for screwing up that assassination attempt also gets thrown off the, uh, the city of London. Uh, and so it's, it's their adventure to try and get back to Valentine and kill him and all the adventure they have on the way. And it's actually it's a really good book. All oh, right, cool. And uh, how far are you through that? Uh, I finished that one. Oh, you finished that one? Are you going yeah. to read the second, third, and fourth? I am, yes. I'm going to move on to the other ones and see how the story progresses. Oh, nice. Oh, I'll have to look out for those. I, I didn't I didn't know that they were novels and um, that it was an adaptation. I'd obviously seen the uh, the, the write-up you'd done on, on it. Um, but, uh, yeah, I didn't realise that... Um, yeah, novels. So that's uh, something I'll look out for. I've got a couple of books lined up. Um, uh-huh. I finally got through uh, Cory Doctorow's Walk Away, which which left me rather jaded, uh, <laughs> feeling like I've wasted three months of my life getting through oh, it. <clears throat> my review of that will be up soon, um, and it gives you an idea like how fucking hard work that book was. I'm not I'm not a dumb reader. I'm not the fastest in the world, but I'm I'm not you know the slowest either. Uh-huh. And and I literally I finished that. I can't even remember. I think I finished it when I, I went to New York, John. I think I finished it there. Uh, oh, did you? Yeah. Yeah, I haven't mentioned that, have I? I can't remember. Uh, uh, I don't think so. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so I, I think I finished it there. And in the time it's taken me since I've been back, I haven't got my, I haven't brought myself to to write the review. I haven't had the time because you know, aforementioned father problems. And um, but in the time that I've I've finished that, I've almost finished the next book. <laughs> it's like. <laughs> Which is infinitely easier to read, and uh, it's it's a book. I can't remember the, the it's Naomi someone. I can't remember Naomi Watson or so, I don't know. That that's probably wrong. Um, but it's a book called The Power, and essentially you're uh, you googling it. That would be helpful. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a book called The Power, and uh, it's about um, girls suddenly develop this this electrical power like they they develop this thing in their collarbones it's like a gland that gives them the ability to discharge electricity from their from their hands and effectively we find there's a change in the balance of power and women suddenly become the dominant uh, sex on earth and and how that plays out and you've got religious elements to it and and you know people that believe that it's that God is is a woman and this is her showing the power and and it becomes this cult thing and there's a crime element to it and it's, it's a really fascinating story and it, it like each chapter tells a little bit of a story of a different character um, but it, it keeps coming back to the same character so maybe that's three or four main characters that you, you have one chapter with one character one chapter for the next character one for the third one for the fourth and back to the first and and they kind of cross paths along the way. Mm. So it's, it's a really fascinating book. 
and and really interesting as well you know as as a male it's a slightly you know daunting task to think that suddenly women who have felt oppressed for a long long time um, would suddenly seek revenge on all of mankind <laughs> and uh, and and you would suddenly become a, a minority um and and certainly the, the weaker sex uh, on earth is you know i don't consider myself an alpha male or a dominant you know person you know i, I obviously try and live equally with my wife as i'm sure most modern men do these days but um to think that you could be victimized because the balance of power shifts so greatly um it, it's quite an eye-opener uh, and very 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 fascinating so uh, yeah that's that's my current read which i'll have finished yeah. fairly soon probably by the end of camping because i'm okay. fucking hate camping <laughs> <laughs> i'm just gonna sit in a tent and read a wafer-thin wafer piece of sponge to lie on inside a boiling hot sleeping bag. <laughs> I mean, the weather's going to be amazing as well for, for camping. It's currently... I don't do Fahrenheit, so apologies, Americans, but um, <laughs> it's cent- Celsius, it's, like, it's going to be... Or Celsius or centigrade? What is it? It's the same, isn't it? Uh, C. The, the, one, the one we're boiling is... Yeah, C. <laughs> the C. one we're boiling is 100. <laughs> <laughs> So I mean, it's currently what twenty? It's like, it's like twenty-seven, twenty-eight degrees C at the minute. So it's it's quite warm. Um, I've got to find the author of that book. I don't. Let me let me look it up. So the power, uh, Naomi Alderman, which is nothing like what uh-huh. I said, which was Watson. Watson, I think. Um, <laughs> Naomi Alderman. Uh, yeah, really fantastic book. Really enjoyed that. Um, I've got another book lined up by uh, Alex, uh, God, Alistair Reynolds, um, mm-hmm. who did that Pushing Ice book that you can get on with. Oh, yes, yes. Um, so I've got another book of his lined up because I really enjoyed that. And um, cool. I've also got uh, a science fiction novel by Terry Pratchett and some other dude whose name I can't <laughs> remember. But I've got the second in a series of three. So I need to try and find the first one first because I'm a completist. I can't start at number two. That would be wrong. Yeah. Oh, that would be wrong. It's very wrong. Mm. So, yeah. Um, other than that, nerdy-wise, I was in New York recently, John. I don't know if I mentioned it. <laughs> I'm stuck in a time loop. <laughs> but coincidence, as it, as it happens, um, while I was in New York, a mere six blocks from where we were staying, mm-hmm. there happened to be a nerdcore hip-hop gig. And ah. uh, it was part of something called HushCon, which is a hackers convention, um, right. which normally takes place in Brooklyn, which is on the uh, other side of the river from where we were. But this year took part uh, took place in Manhattan in East Village. Yeah. And um, so six blocks from where I was, there's like nerdcore hip hop gig happening. Cool. Um, Schaefer the Dark Lord, who awesome. if, if no one's listened to, is is freaking amazing. Just a really, really talented. <laughs> guy with a really twisted view on the world um there was uh, jewel core who i've seen in london but now i've also seen in new york um, oh. who is a phenomenal rapper who raps mostly about hacking to be fair um, which is why he was there um there was lex the lexicon artist who was someone i wasn't familiar with but she is pretty phenomenal as well more so live than recorded her album just came out um but uh you know it's worth a listen anyway and cool. um, also Michael Kill, who is um, somebody I've been talking to forever on Skype and via the, you know social media, uh-huh. um, somebody I've interviewed 
least twice, maybe three times on a music podcast. Somebody who's released five or six tracks through the website on his song flip uh, Friday thing that he did for a while. Um, uh-huh. and, and to finally meet him was really bizarre. Um, <laughs> like, it was just like, I've known you forever. It, it's kind of weird that we've never met before. Uh, so that was really fun. So I got to see all those guys perform and um, and literally walking distance from where I was staying, uh, just by pure coincidence, on the time I was staying there, which is which is fantastic. Awesome. Really enjoyed that. So th- there we go. I think that's about it, John. <laughs> that sounds like a nice place to wrap it up. Certainly, I'm going to wrap it up, and I'm going to wrap it up <laughs> with a song. Uh, our theme tune. I don't know if anyone you know listens right to the end of the show because I play a, quite a bit of the song at the end of the show. Um, it's by Malibu Shark Attack. Um, the shark reference being the the link there. You know, um, jump the shark, Malibu Shark Attack, who are who are um, a, a great group. They're kind of an international group. You've got um, the the producer and the main music writer is a guy called Rocky O'Reilly, and he's um, guess the name he's irish and, um, <laughs> but you know he's, he's quite well known in in the irish music scene you know, he's, he's quite um yeah he's quite well known and uh, and then the the rapper the main rapper is uh, tribe one who is is american uh, i can't recall whereabouts he's from exactly and um, he's mm-hmm. kind of stopped rapping at the moment because he's got a little one and he started i think it started a teaching job or whatever um, but um, but yeah, phenomenally talented rapper, like really fast. He did a, a song called The A to Z of Marvel, where it's basically wrapped all the Marvel characters through. Um, so phenomenal. Look that up. And he, he worked with Adam Warrock as well, who again isn't rapping anymore, but the two of those together, oh. really good, um, really good, good combination, great talents. Um, so the the, uh, the theme music is the, the title for this podcast is Malibu Shark Attack by Malibu Shark Attack and I usually play that at the end a little bit further so it gets to the part where it says Malibu Shark Attack and then it cuts off but this time John mm-hmm. I'm going to play a different song by Malibu Shark Attack I'm going oh. to play Yo what's it called? <laughs> <laughs> Put the Yo into New York I think it's called it may not be called that <laughs> but basically I went to New York and <laughs> I'm going to play Stop a New York please. song. <laughs> but anyway, that's, that's that's Jump the Shark. That's that's the latest episode of Jump the Shark uh, from uh, theunheardnerd.com. It's a pop culture podcast and um, it's fun with me and John every time. So um, if you like what you've heard, you can rate us. And we have had a review. Fuck, I can't believe I forgot that. What? Why did you not tell me that? We've got... We've got a review on on iTunes, or sorry, on Apple Podcasts. Bear with me. Bear with me. Please hold. Your call is important. (laughs) Please hold. Your call is important. (laughs) Have some free techno. (laughs) (laughs) Techno thing. I like it. Um, (laughs) Five out of five stars. What? How much did you pay him? That's amazing. Um, Evil Keg. A.K.A. <laughs> Alf and Keith. We haven't done any shout-outs in this show, but big shout-out to Keith and All Hail Jeffy Jeff. That's right. How is All Hail Jeffy Jeff? All Hail Jeffy Jeff. Um, a Jeffy really entertaining... <laughs> Sorry, yep. A, a really entertaining podcast which takes a look at films, TV shows, and books stroke comics. These guys dig into all manner of entertainment media with a heavy dose of humour and sarcasm. 
do not. <laughs> Take a listen, download, and join the army of fans eager for a shout out. So big ups, Keith. Um, oh, thanks, Keith. Keith, Keith's amazing. Um, Keith put on Facebook this week that um, he, I don't know if this will go internationally, I don't know how well known it is, but he actually had the track of the month in Mixmag magazine once. <laughs> that's that. pretty impressive <laughs> that's pretty impressive so yeah he's he's the bass player in in our band and he's uh also a, a producer of music uh, in his own right sort of um breakbeat stuff mostly so uh, yeah evil keg look him up on twitter and maybe you'll find some of his tunes as well so um no, no shout outs this week for craig ben or, or any of those guys because none yeah, of them yeah definitely not mentioning anything. them no one's <laughs> but um, if you do like the show please do you know give us a star rating give us a little review it will help us get noticed more we'll get more listeners and the more listeners we get the better the show's going to be because we'll be more engaged uh, rather than doing a little show for our friends <laughs> you're, you're all our friends you're all our friends but you know what i mean um we are on apple podcasts we're now on google podcasts which is the app for android specific podcast app um john tested it it definitely works right john yeah we're definitely there it definitely works all the shows are there you can listen to that and we're also on stitcher as well um, and pretty much any podcast aggregator, I always say aggregator, I don't know if that's the right word, but um, <laughs> any any thing that captures podcast feeds, uh, we're on them. Just just search for The Unheard Nerd. Give us a review, give us a star rating, give us a thumbs up, share, just like let people know you're listening. It really does make a difference and, um, and we thank you for it. So um, yeah, you can get in touch here, yeah, Twitter, at The Unheard Nerd, at UK Film Nerd, at That Nerd Will facebook.com forward slash the unheard nerd and email is the unheard nerd at gmail.com get in touch let us know what you like let us know what you don't like let us know what we got wrong specifically send your hate mail because we are far more likely to read that out and also <laughs> if you comment on anything on our website i've turned comments back on because um I, my life isn't under threat at the moment from anyone okay. in particular so i've turned the comments back on on the website if you comment on an article on the website we're going to start reading the best ones out on the hey. show so um that's the incentive to uh, to go on to the unheardnerd.com and write some bullshit underneath our <laughs> bullshit so until next time whew, that's a long outro john yeah, that was a very long, long one. Put the yo into New York that's what the song's called i've just remembered it's called put awesome. the yo into new york i'm going to play that out until next time john thank you very much it's been a pleasure Laters, bye-bye. Hey, yo, the burners in the building. Moving up the eastern seaboard. Malibu to New York to Nova Scotia. Might gotta take my shirt off. Oh, snap. This is no act. This is no accident. No low fat Atkins stamped on the package. We don't hold hands and we don't fold napkins. Rap game throw no baggins. Marching in the Mordor solo. So old-fashioned. So Cro-Magnon. Practically half Jurassic. Massive Tyrannosaurus swag is classic. I'm a grown man, so I don't go tantrums. Just go hand yelling YOLO. Don't go back on a word. No quotes redacted. We master the curve. You're below the average. Crafted and nurtured a chapter. After reversal, the pastors and churches will quote this passage. Now don't act so mad just cause you don't have post-grad vocab. No raps in an accent, thick as molasses. Back says Jackie Onassis. Check it. Atlanta to Canada, travel in the roadmap. From Staten to Manhattan, we put in the yo back like, yo, it's in New York. Yo, it's in New York. Yo, it's in New York. To New York. To New York. To New York. Put the yo into New York. Yo, into New York. Yo, into New York. To New York. To New York. 
team is so fresh and so clean Dressed to impress, double decker supreme All of these ladies know less than a queen on the scene So fetch and so mean I live my whole life like this Friday Night Lights Matt Saracen With a rap flow that has no comparison I'm half black, half actual alien Galaxy class, yo, astro-american Haters are listen the way that we live as immature They get a ticket to take a trip on the Hindenburg My language addiction is changing the hipsters and the nerds Making it Middle Earth and Williamsburg Shape, shape, you could drown in the wreckage We're about to put this motherfucker down in a second And the sound of the breath of him abound in the mechanism Now with a reckon and a reckon I can read the things I'm switching up and getting near Disappear, bitches don't visit The sister of the cat Committed for the blister of the tag I'm a wizard in my staff Can't bitches, I'm Alfred Do my Batman bitches I'm a fat to Kathleen Now that's ten bitches I'm math and take bath Let's suck your mattress That's with the big trap gonna put the Yo, it's in New York Yo, it's in New York Yo, it's in New York To New York To New York Put the yo into New York Yo, it's in New York Yo, it's in New York To New York To New York